What's going on, everyone? I'm Paul from Low to High Podcast, and in this week's episode, I interview Buffalo Bandits' transition of the NLL and Archers Lacrosse Club midfielder of the PLL, Ian McKay. Ian grew up his entire life playing box lacrosse in Canada, and until his junior year of high school, he first started to play field lacrosse for the Hill Academy in Ontario. Since then, Ian has tore up the college game at the University of Vermont to Team Canada in the World Games and all the way up to the pros. Ian talked to me about how box lacrosse affects his playing style in the field game, what made him the player he is today, and much more. Make sure to go follow Ian on Instagram at McKay underscore 94. Now, without further ado, let's get right into it. What's up, everyone? With me today on the Low to High podcast, I have Archers Lacrosse Club midfielder and Buffalo Bandits transition, Ian McKay. Ian, what's going on, man? How are we doing? Thanks for having me on, man. It's my pleasure. Uh, how was your summer slash quarantine? Uh, it's been pretty good. Um, early on when uh, everything started to shut down, uh, we didn't really know how long it was going to be or, or what was really going on. So um, I was living in an apartment building with Josh Byrne and Dane Smith, and we made an impulse decision to go buy a weight rack. And it ended up being uh, probably the best thing we did because um, obviously gyms closed down and everything. And if we didn't have that, I think we would have gone a little stir crazy. So um, we've been able to get workouts in, um, all throughout quarantine and, um, allowed us to prepare for the PLL bubble season that we ended up having. And, um, you know, whenever you're bored or, or looking for something to do, the gym's always a good place to go. So, so that definitely helped us out. But other than that, obviously, like I mentioned, we did the PLL, um, bubble season and then, uh, moved into a new house here in Buffalo with some of my teammates here. And other than that, just been hanging out. That sounds awesome. You got lucky that you got uh, three very good lacrosse players to stay in the house with. So got a lot in common to keep on working out because you're going to be playing the same season and just have someone, uh, a couple other guys to practice with. Yeah, uh, no, definitely. Yeah. Uh, did you get to, did you get to watch any new TV shows and maybe find a new hobby during quarantine? Yeah. So uh, the, on the hobby front, we, uh, I think we tried every hobby uh, under the sun just to keep ourselves occupied we bought rollerblades um when it started to get nice out we were ripping around buffalo on our rollerblades uh we just recently picked up tennis we've been doing that um basically any sport i've been playing a ton of golf all summer too so any sport um you know that keeps you occupied and, and kind of gets you away from across a little bit it's always fun and then um tv shows i uh early on i i went through all american and i think two or three days and that was a great show i was actually looking up when season three is supposed to come out and they're supposed to be filming it starting in the summer so i don't know if they've been able to hopefully they surprise us with the season coming out soon because i've been looking forward to that and then i just recently started uh designated survivor on netflix which is uh it's i'm only about a week and a half in i think halfway through the first season and it's got me drawn in so I'm sure I'll get through that pretty quick too. Yeah, I know you're saying hopefully it's a new season with uh, All American, but like Netflix takes like takes like two years for uh, for another season to come out, so you might have to wait some time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So uh, besides playing in the PLL Championship Series this summer, uh, what else did you do to improve your lacrosse game? Yeah, so once the uh, the bubble, the, the championship series got announced, um, obviously lit a little bit of a fire under everyone and, and got everyone excited that we were going to be able to have some sort of season um, this summer. So as soon as that got announced, like I said, I lived with uh, Josh Byrne and Dane Smith and uh, 
And then Chris Cloutier just moved in with us as well. So although we were all on different teams in the, in the PLO, we all worked out together. We were um, going to a local field shooting, getting our stick in our hand as much as possible. Um, you know, we're all offensive guys in the PLL, but uh, we'd go do a little shadow defense against each other, try and get a little little body contact going and, and just get excited and, and try to get as ready as we could. So, um, yeah, just working out, getting on the field as much as possible and, and just trying to get as many reps in as possible. Sounds awesome. Who, uh, who squats or benches the most in your house? <laughs> uh, I Disclaimer, I can't squat. I got uh, I got a back problem that I can't uh, I'm not supposed to do anything crazy but if I were back in high school I was I was pushing some pretty good weight so I'll pump my own tires and and even though I can't do it and they they'll get mad at me I'll, I'll say me but um, bench is probably going either to Kluge or to Burnsy. Yeah, I, I would Dave, imagine. Dave's got to pick it up on both on both ends. <laughs> Are you guys big on video games? You guys play a lot of video games or no? Uh, yeah, so. Um, we, the three of them are actually currently all in their separate rooms playing Call of Duty, yelling at each other right now. Uh, so I had to go around the house and close all the doors. So they, uh, we couldn't hear them yelling and swearing at each other. But uh, I'm not a big Call of Duty guy myself. I'm more of an NHL guy. Um, they all downloaded NHL as well. And for about a month there, we were doing the EASHL and uh and had a team and we're playing the three-on-three version of that um and then the pga uh 2k just came out about a month ago and i've been rocking that i've been this summer i've gotten crazy big into golf so i've been playing that a bunch as well same with me i started i got into golf like beginning uh beginning of the summer and i've been just playing nonstop. i go to the range with my friends all the time uh got out a couple times to go uh tee off but golf Golf has been a big thing, especially since uh, the U.S. Open was a town away from me. It was in okay. uh, Maranek, so yeah. I was big on I was big on golf during that weekend too. So yeah, that course they played looked wild. The the winged foot course. Yeah, it's so hard. I think 2006 when the last U.S. Open happened at uh, winged foot, the best player finished. I want to say plus six. Yeah, something nuts. Yeah, the fact that Deschambeau won with six under is incredibly absurd yeah they call it the massacre wing wing foot so that'll that'll tell you yeah exactly so um let's start off with a couple of basic questions just so uh, people get to know you where are you from originally uh so i'm from a very small town in ontario it's called port Elgin, ontario it's um it's a little cottage country town uh right on lake huron it's probably about two and a half hours northwest of toronto um grew up there my whole life um it's a big hockey town uh so i grew up playing hockey um all the way up and then uh got into lacrosse um a couple towns over they had box across and that's kind of when i started doing that um who were some of your favorite players uh growing up well my uncle played in the nll so he's always been an idol of mine he played i think eight or nine years and he's someone i've always looked up to and um He's, he was a defenseman, um, wasn't afraid to drop the gloves and, and get into a couple fights. So um, it was always fun to watch him, um, try, try and model the toughness of my game um, around him. But I like to bug him that I have a little bit more of an offensive touch and, and can push the ball up and play a little offense. So um, he's probably probably the main one that I've looked up to. Another one 
has been Brody Merrill. I was lucky enough. I went to the Hill Academy and, and was coached by him. And um, I think him and I have very similar games and, and I want to try and, and uh, you know, be someone like Brody in the league who, who had an incredible career, obviously one of the best players in both the box and the field game. So he's always been uh, someone I've lo- looked up to as well. Yeah. He's a very, he's a very good player. Uh, so I have a question. So in Canada, do they have box lacrosse rinks like just like they would have ice hockey rinks? Yeah, so uh, basically it's just the same thing, ice hockey rink that uh, they take the ice out of in the summer. Um, and when you're growing up, you just play. Obviously under the ice is just like a cement floor, and you just play on that. Some places as you get older and you, and you play junior lacrosse, which is the equivalent of junior hockey, um, you'll get turf in some of those arenas. But growing up, it's just uh, uh, cement floors that, that the ice will go over. Um, you're starting to see some places that have box across specific arenas. Uh, I know in, in Oakville, Ontario, the owner of the Toronto Rock, um, Jamie Dowick, he opened a facility called, everyone for short calls it the track, but it's the Toronto Rock Athletic Center. And they have a turf uh, floor and a cement floor as well. And it's just a lacrosse specific uh, building, which is, which is pretty cool. You ever fall on that uh, concrete a bunch of times when you were a kid? Oh, all the time. It's definitely doesn't feel good. I know uh, when I was a junior, um, my elbow pad slipped and I, I fell on my elbow and split it open for oh. a couple stitches. And there's some there's some bone pieces floating around in there now. But um, it's definitely definitely doesn't feel good falling on that stuff. Yeah, I could imagine. So um, you said you played. Uh, high school, high school ball at the Hill Academy. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your experience there? Yeah. So, uh, actually I didn't start playing field across till my junior year of high school. Um, it was all, it was all boxed across for me growing up and then, um, got asked to try out for the edge program up in Ontario, ended up playing there. And then I played my junior lacrosse in Orangeville all five years. And that's where Brody Merrill's from. So that's kind of how we ended up meeting. He invited me to come visit. Um, ended up loving it and uh, transferred in halfway through my senior year of high school. Did my second semester there. Um, I actually played long pole there um, for my first semester. And then uh, ended up doing a PG year as well. So I did that at the Hill. Um, I was committed to Vermont at the time as an uh, as a midfielder. So I ended up switching to MIDI um, or back to MIDI in my PG year. So I ended up doing a year and a half there, and it was an awesome experience. Couldn't have uh, couldn't have asked to end my high school um, career, and especially in lacrosse, than a better place in the hill. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you say that you started your junior year playing uh, field. How was the transition from box to field? Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely interesting. I remember being at my edge tryouts, and I was playing attack or we're just doing like one-on-ones or whatever and one of the polls coming up to me saying I was difficult to cover because I just wanted to get in and be physical and and get into my defender whereas in typically in field you're trying to separate yourself from the defender you're right with with any kind of dodge split dodge roll dodge whatever may be you don't you don't want to necessarily get into them as much so I found that uh, pretty unique but once I started to get used to field and, and um, get the hang of it, just how much more room there is and um, 
how much slower at the time was that's when there was timers on and stall calls and you had to keep it in the box and all that kind of thing so it was way slower than the field game is now with the pll and even in college with the shot clock so it was definitely uh, an interesting transition but um, i'm really happy that i definitely tried the the field game out mm-hmm. um was it a little odd playing with your offense since, you know, box usually stay, stick with one hand, especially in Canada too. Did you ever really switch to your, are you a lefty? Yeah, I'm a lefty. So would you ever go to your right hand? Uh, I, I'm still trying to find my right hand. I have no idea where it is. Um, <laughs> no, uh, more recently I've started, I, I had a righty goal this, this summer in the PLL championship series. And um, I had a couple in college, but um, it's, pretty funny we've had this discussion in the house a bunch so my my dominant hand is my right hand like I write with my right hand I throw a baseball I throw a football but every sport I play hockey lacrosse baseball golf I'm lefty so I have my dominant hand on the butt end of my stick usually and that's because if you watch me shoot especially in lacrosse I try to put everything into it and I feel like that strong hand on the bottom really pulls through and gives me a little extra power so um I if you watch any of my college highlights or anything like that, I, I'm fighting to my death to get to my left hand. And um, sometimes, though, you got to set them up and maybe throw a righty possession shot in to, to keep them on their toes and keep them guessing a little bit. But I'm a, I'm a very left-handed player and, and try and get to my left as much as possible. Yeah. The reason I asked that is because I was listening to a podcast, uh, Tom Schreiber and Paul Rabel, on Paul Rabel's podcast. He was talking about, like, playing with his offhand. And he was saying, like, if you're a tackman that just plays from the wing and, like, dodges from the wing, it's not really necessary to have a uh, left hand, Do you, uh, have an offhand. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, when you're growing up, I think, um, looking back on it, if I was playing field at a younger age, I would have wanted to um, practice my offhand and, be, and at least have a reliable offhand. Um, as you get older and you get more specific in your positions, you look at a guy on the archers like Will Manny or Marcus Holman, they're, they're both um, attackmen known for, for uh, being goal scorers, right? They, they're not really dodging much. They're finding open space, getting their hands free, and, and they have some of the quickest releases in the world. So as you start to get older and more specific in the position you are, then I think you can start to really tailor um, your, your skills and, and what you do well. And like with those guys, like I said, they're, they're some of the best in the world. It's because they've been doing it for so long and, and doing it so consistently. So once you, once you, um, you know, you get into college, you establish yourself maybe a little bit on your team. Um, obviously you can never, never be comfortable, uh, in the position you're in cause you never know who's coming up or, um, who's eager to take your spot, whatever it may be. But, like I said, as you get older and you start to tailor a little bit, especially in the professional game, then you can really focus on those three, four things that you're really good at. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ryan Brown, he, they say he's a righty, but like he could shoot, he could shoot the ball with his left hand just as fast and just as accurate with his left hand, which I think is, I think unique. I don't think anyone else in the league can do that. So I think it's awesome. Yeah. Well, he, he was, uh, he played lefty attack in the world games in Israel a couple summers and you would have no idea that he was actually right-hand dominant. So it's pretty impressive to see. And especially playing against him, you see it like he can set himself up anywhere on the field and has one of, if not the hardest shot with both hands. So, Yeah, very true. So uh, you said you went to go play your college ball at UVM. Um, what were some reasons why you chose uh, University of Vermont? 
Yeah, uh, I was lucky enough to spend five years at Vermont. I redshirted uh, my senior year, had surgery on my foot there. So extended my college career as long as I could, which was pretty fun. And Vermont was awesome. It's, uh, it reminded me a lot of home. It's, uh, it's a small college town uh, right on the water. Um, you know, it's not very busy there. Um, I grew up on the lake, obviously, um, being in a small town myself. And if you've ever been to Burlington or even anywhere in Vermont, you look around, you're surrounded by mountains and it's beautiful there. So um, that was definitely a drawing factor. And then they were one of the first Division One schools that I talked to. And, um, you know, just the fact that they um, tried to recruit me or ended up recruiting me, took a chance on me um, and being a Division One school is um, it was a no brainer for me to, to jump all over that opportunity and and try to be my best at the best level of college across. Um, what were some of your favorite moments playing there? Favorite moments? Um, two that really stick out were, um, well, one for sure was uh, my soft, my junior year, we made it to the American East um, playoffs and beat Stony Brook in the semifinals. And uh, that was the first time Vermont had ever won an American East playoff game. So that was pretty cool to be a part of. And then um, in my time, I was lucky enough to make it to two championships, um, lost both, unfortunately. But my fifth year, I think that whole year in general was just a highlight. We, um, I think we broke the top 10, uh, broke into the top 10 rankings. We were ranked almost all year in the top 20. Um, we were undefeated uh, for over half the season. We broke a ton of school records. Um, a bunch of guys broke individual records as well. So it was just for the program, it was one of, if not the best year in, in school history. And to be a part of that was that entire season was, was a really fun time. Sounds great. So as you're, uh, when you played at UVM, you were playing midfield, right? Yep. So uh, what kind of role did you play on that mid, uh, on your midfield line? Um, so my first year, I was more of a two-way midi, um, got up and down. Um, that was just kind of the, the identity of our team. We had a lot of two-way middies that would play both DNO. And then um, I had a really successful year my freshman year and um, the coach and staff wanted me to conserve some energy and just focus on the offensive end, which I was more than okay with doing. But uh, um, on my, I think I was a, a heavy wing dodger. I like to set myself up kind of like I would in box if I was playing offense, um, you know, attacking from the sideboards, trying to get to the top side, um, you know, playing a lot of pick and roll games, trying to, we had a lot of Canadians at Vermont by the end of my time there. And um, I think our starting lineup, on offense, five to six guys were Canadian my fifth year. So we played a very Canadian box across style with a lot of picks, a lot of swinging the ball east-west, um, trying to, you know, just shrink the defense as much as possible. So um, I was definitely a, a ball-heavy guy and, and like to get my hands free as much as possible and, and try and bring the net down. So, mm -hmm. uh, Did you ever like to play at the, uh, like on crease and try and get those like dump, uh, dump shots? Because I know a lot of Canadian players like Matt Gaudet, Josh Byrne like to hang around the crease and kind of get those uh, feeds from either their uh, from the midfielders and try and just finish from there. Do you ever do you ever play that role? Uh, no, not as much. I remember my junior year we had one play that uh, myself and one of my teammates Cam Milligan, who's a fellow Canadian, uh, we both started in inside and it was kind of a decoy to think that like we were going to play that style. 
and then it ended up with me being out on the wing um, for for uh, hopefully a hands-free shot. So I wasn't inside a whole lot. Um, I'm more of a stretch shooter, I like to think. So uh, we always tried to set myself up to to get my hands free on the backside, you know, two passes away kind of thing. Um, our coach actually at the time was Pat March, who's uh, with Syracuse now. And if you watch them, they're running a lot of the same things that we ran at Vermont his first couple of years coaching us there. So, um, you know, just I didn't like I didn't like being inside as much. I know in box, you think a lot of the Canadians do, like you said, you know, like like the guys I live with, Josh and, and Chris Gluche, they're unbelievable uh, inside and around the crease. But I personally like to be a little further out and, and bring my range into the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing I've been trying to do, uh, on my podcast is kind of incorporate the name low to high into like what I'm talking about with, uh, someone I'm interviewing. So this is, this is like one of a two part question. So what was one of your lows while playing, uh, while you're, uh, while playing lacrosse, it could either be like a mispass, like a game you guys lost or like an embarrassing moment. Uh, what do you think that that would be for you? Yeah, there's definitely a couple. Um, and they obviously, uh, sit close to my heart because I, I can think of them pretty quickly but um, one was breaking my foot in college um, that I never really had an injury that had me sidelined from a game let alone a, a full season so dealing with that and, and trying to recover from that and get back to my game was definitely um, a unique and, and a difficult situation for me and then um, I've been in a handful of uh, championship games that um we were unable to to bring it home um i have u19 world championships we lost to the u.s in the gold medal game uh the most recent world games losing to the u.s in the finals uh making it to the americas championship twice um and coming up short there and then most recently the with the bandits my first year we ended up uh, falling short in the finals as well so those all uh, those all sting a lot, and those sit close to my heart, and are definitely used as a motivation to, you know, try to better myself and and you know, hopefully get back to those championships because they're so hard to get to and and eventually win one. Yeah, I think one of the like the biggest like the toughest thing about losing like those super close games that like if one thing like if a ball didn't go out of bounds or, like it was a bad call like it could have went the directly other way and you guys could have won that game. I think it's usually like after the fact that you keep on thinking like those what ifs and those alternate scenarios that really get you afterwards, not like losing in them, even though losing in the moment is really bad. It's just afterwards. And like the, uh, the kind of like the stress, all uh, the stress about it really could hit, uh, could hit someone really hard. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, there's, I mean, I, I think back to, especially in college, just, uh, my fifth year of playing against Albany in the in the finals, they were obviously really, really good that year, ranked first almost the entire year. Um, they had TD. That was his last year at Albany before he transferred to Yale. And, you know, we just – it's just so tough to win a faceoff against them. You're, you're limited to to a lot fewer possessions than you're used to in a game. And there's – it's almost out of your hands. But you just wonder, like, what if we were able to get those possessions? Like, what, how different of a game could it have been? So I definitely yeah. agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so along with one of your lows, what was one of your highs while playing lacrosse? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a handful of those two. I think one that jumps out right away is um, in junior lacrosse, playing with the Orangeville Northmen. I won a national championship there. Um, 
for those listening that don't know much about the box game or, or junior box, um, the national championship is called the Minto Cup. And for Canadian lacrosse players, it's considered one of the hardest trophies to win because you only have five years to win it. It's kind of be like winning a national, national championship in college where you're limited to the four years of doing that. Um, and I was able to do that on a team that was absolutely stacked. We had guys like Jeremy Noble, Jason Noble, Dylan Ward, um, Brandon Ben, who is a stud at Hopkins. Um, there was, the list goes on. There was a ton of really good talent on that team. So being able to win that was definitely uh, an awesome experience. And then uh, being drafted in the NLL to Buffalo was was definitely a high as well. It was always a dream of mine to to play in the NLL and play professional lacrosse and to actually hear your name and, and go get the jersey for the first time and, and meet the coaching staff and the management and all that. And and then get into the arena and play your first game, especially in Buffalo. We have by far the best fans in the league. Um, and to be able to play in front of them, it's it's been an unbelievable experience so far. And you get you get the butterflies in your stomach almost every every game that you suit up playing in Buffalo because our fans are just so awesome. That Buffalo stadium is so loud. I've heard that like it's yeah, super. It's, it's super. It's like very. It's electric to play there it's wild our announcers screaming yelling the entire time any any box team you go to there's music playing the entire time but it feels like ours is just a little louder there's a hit there's a fight there's a goal whatever it is the the goal horn going off and the fans just screaming going wild when you have 12 to 15,000 fans it's it's definitely uh, an electric feeling for sure I, I could imagine so uh going back to you playing box lacrosse so since you've been a box cross player your whole life, uh, what are some things that the box game has taught you to help uh, improve your field game? Yeah, I think um, I think the biggest thing is, is your hands. And I think you'll find that and you hear that a lot about Canadians who, who play box and then um, go and play college or pro, whatever it is. It's, we're so used to playing in tight and playing so physical that when you get into the box game and um, you know you have – you have, or sorry, you get into the field game, you have so much more room and you're in those in tight scenarios, you're able to make a catch with a defender on your back a lot easier than, um, you know, maybe someone who's only played field their entire life. Um, so I think that definitely adds an element to it. I think just the, the toughness of box in general, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to shy away from any contact. I'll, I'll get, I'll get involved. I mean, there's not, you saw a little bit of fighting in the PLL. There's not much, but uh, you know, I'm not afraid to to get involved in an altercation if need be and um, or get into a defender, like I was mentioning earlier. So I think that that toughness element definitely um, helps translate as well. Yeah, I could agree. I mean, watching uh, during the uh, world games, I feel watching the Canadian team is so much fun to watch because you guys, you guys all play like box across playing super fast pace, super, super physical, uh, not afraid to get hit. I think it's awesome. Like compared to the U S now the raw, like U S is an amazing team, but they, they, they kind of play a little bit more slow pace, but while you guys are like, bam, 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 tic tac toe. So that's why I love watching the Canadians play during that. And it's, it's such a unique scenario with the world game because it's more of like the traditional old school field game compared to what you see now where like in the PLL, it's a shorter field. It's a shorter shot clock college. You have the shot clock now, whereas in the world games, if you're up two or three goals with five minutes left, you can go stand in the corner and rag the ball as long as you want. And there's not going to be a stall call or a shot clock put on or anything like that. So 
as you, I mean, you can start to see it's, I mean, for the Canadian team, it's definitely tough, but I think that's why they won the world games uh, when they were in Denver in 2014 was they were just a little smarter with, um, you know, clock management and game management. Um, whereas like naturally you want to play fast. You want to play quick. You want to play like that college or that pro sale that you're used to. And I think that's been that, that, uh, that little like mind, like mental battle between the Canadians and the U S and more recent years is who can play, who can slow themselves down more and, and play a smarter world game, as opposed to the game that you're used to playing at the college or the pro level. Yeah. I mean, what is it? 20 minute quarters for four quarters. It's an 80 minute game yeah. across. That's, that's gotta be tiring. But um, do you think uh, box across, you need to have a lot more stamina than the field game or do you think field game, you need more stamina? Um. I think with where the PLL is going right now and, and how they're making it such a fast paced game with the, the, the shot clock there, I think both, I think you need to be just, or have just as much stamina on both now. Um, you know, you're pushing, you see a lot, like for me, I play transition and box where I'm playing defense and I'm looking to push the ball up on offense as fast as possible, you know, get those breakaways or those two on ones, three on twos, odd man situations. And you see now with how good the goalies are and the PLL, if you're not hitting a perfect shot, the ball's getting saved and, and getting thrown up and out and transitions happening right away as well. So I think, you know, both games are so fast and, and I think it's important to to be well conditioned for both for sure. Yeah. And box, you have a lot more, uh, you got a lot more pads on, got a lot smaller goal. So do you think if you go straight from like a box game and a couple of days later, you're playing like a field game, you think you ever like you've ever like played better on the field because you have so much more space, a little bit less uh, less equipment on, and a bigger surface area to shoot on. Yeah, I mean for me, I'm in a unique situation where I play mainly defense in box, and then obviously transition the ball up the floor. Um, with Buffalo, I have the green light to stay and play offense every now and again, and sometimes I play full games up there for dealing with injury or game planning, whatever it may be. Um, but I don't usually get a lot of shots in box, whereas field I'm playing more offense. And now all of a sudden we have this six by six net and, and a goalie who's wearing way less gear than a box goalie. So for me, I think the transition from box to field is a lot easier going from field back to box. I think it takes a little bit more getting used to. Um, but I mean, I've done both now for, for so long that, I just get excited to play lacrosse and no matter how long the, the transition is to, to get used to one or the other, I'm just pumped to get out there and play. So. Yeah. When it all comes down to it, it's just a stick and a ball. So it's, yep. it's not, not, not too, di- not, not, ah, it's different, but not too, uh, not too technical. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. So uh, transitioning from, us uh, talking about box. Let's talk a little bit about the PLL. So you play for the Archers Lacrosse Club, and they're considered to have one of the most electrifying offenses in the league. Uh, what role have you filled to help uh, help contribute to that? Yeah, I think um, we play uh, an, a very unique style with the Archers that I think suits my game very well. Um, you know, we play a lot of two man games, a lot of pick and rolls. Um, some set plays to get to get your hands free um obviously me trying to be more of a, a stretch shooter and a two-point line in, in the pro game I try to hover around there a little bit and, and try and get some two-point shots in as well but um 
you know, we have we have Tom Schreiber, who is arguably the best player in the world right now, who flip of a switch, he's taken over a game whenever he wants. We have Will and Marcus, who are some of the best shooters in the world. We just picked up Grant um, this year. Oh, we're going to have a dog coming in here. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, what's up? I was also um, – I had Christian Mazzone on uh, two episodes ago. Yeah. So that's another that's another weapon too. Yeah, and he's he's a stud on both ends of the field. So, um, you know, for me, I know I'm not going to be a ball-heavy guy. Uh, I'm, I'm just running around trying to set picks, get guys open, get their hands free, and then, you know, pop to open space myself and, and try and get my hands free. So um, I know that when I'm touching the ball, I'm either getting a shot off or I'm – moving it to someone else to get a shot off. So not trying to do anything too crazy. It, it's It's been a bit of a struggle transitioning from being a ball heavy guy in college to barely, um, you know, not dodging as much, that kind of thing. So um, that's still something I've been working on and, and continue to uh, want to work on going into next season. But um, it's such a fun offense to play in and the ball just zips around and, I'm sure if you watch games, you can see how much fun we have out there together. Yeah, I can. I could tell. It's super. Uh, what was it? The um, Grant Amon throwing that BTV assist to Tom Shriver. It was yeah. the craziest thing I've ever seen. So it must yeah, be must be crazy for you guys watching on the field. Uh, it feels like every time every time there's a goal, it's it's some kind of highlight reel goal, and whether you're on the field or you're on the bench, everyone's going nuts. It's it's pretty fun to be a part of for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. So who are some of your favorite players to play with on the archers uh, from the off uh, from the offense? Uh, I mean, us picking up Grant was a huge pickup for us because that guy's got vision like I've never seen before. If you look at the Ambler overtime winning goal, like he just zips a path across, and the Ambler makes this incredible like off hip save to catch the ball, and then and then ends up winning the game for us. And um, whether you think Grant's looking at you or not, you always have to be ready because he'll be looking completely other side of the field and all of a sudden the ball is zipping right under your ear. So he's really fun to play with. Obviously, Tom is is really fun to play with because he's just so dominant. And, um, you know, in practices or, or on the bench, <laughs> he's um, he's always just trying to think of the best way to, to be successful individually and as a team. And he's trying to help you know, us out on the field, put us in positions to be successful. And, um, and, and then when you're not on the field with them, just watching them take over a game is, is pretty incredible to see. And uh, I mean, really everyone on our offense, like Ambler is fun to play with because he plays like me. We, we are more of like two man game off on the wing. Um, you know, Will and, Will and Marcus, you just get them the ball and they're giving you an assist basically every time. So it's never a bad thing there. Um, so it's, it's, you got a guy like Joey Sankey who can go and invert at X and he just takes over, beats his guy, leaves him in the dust. And he's either drawn, drawn a slide and hitting you for a shot or taken to the rack himself. So, um, you know, everyone brings such a unique style to our offense. And I think that's what makes us so fun to play and so fun to watch. Yeah. And, uh, Scott Rathliff, he could, uh, he could push transition like no other pull, like no yeah. other pull can. So that must be also fun to play with too, a guy like that. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, he's a unique talent for sure. And um, when he gets on the offenses and you have to respect him because if you don't, he's he's either step stepping in for a shot or he's face dodging you and, and dunking it right on top of the crease. 
cra it's crazy. So um, for my last question today, what are you uh, looking forward most for in your upcoming 21, 2021 PLL season? I'm just, first of all, I'm, I'm just excited to hear what, uh, what's going to happen if we're going to have another bubble season or if we're going to have a normal season. Um, but just being able to play, get out with those guys. Um, I actually just had a phone call with Coach Bates yesterday, and you leave the phone call excited even though the season's who knows how long away you, you're excited and, and want to start playing right away so um just being able to suit up with them and um you know go out and battle or practice be in the locker room it's a it's a really fun group of guys to be around and um being in a bubble scenario with them was one of the best things for us team bonding wise and um anytime you get to spend with with that team and, and that group of guys is, is always a good time so definitely looking forward to to suiting up and being back with the whole team uh, do you think you learned anything while playing in the bubble, like about your team, about playing like yourself, some, some stuff you learned? Yeah, I think, uh, it was, it was such a unique situation because we were with each other all day, every day for three weeks straight. So we did a lot of different team bonding, um, things we, we held court every night. So if guys were doing anything crazy. We were throwing out fines to each other, um, uh, which always ended up being pretty funny and, uh, everyone always ended up with a good laugh there and, um, just some different team bonding things that allowed you to get to know guys on a much more personal level rather than just in the locker room or on the field. And I think, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, that was really good for us as a team, not only in the bubble situation, but, but moving forward as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to wrap it up with us today. Uh, Ian, thanks so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to watching you play both in the NLL and in the PLL. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Have a good day. Yeah, you too.